Welcome to the Faith and Money podcast with Keith Conley and Crystal Wampler. Faith and Money is a podcast where we discuss the relationship of money, wealth, and generosity with the Bible. The goal of this podcast is to equip believers in Jesus Christ to honor the Lord with their wealth, Proverbs 3.9. We will explore topics like true meaning of wealth and its biblical uses. If you haven't already, please go ahead and subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend, share it with an enemy, and we will be uh, expanding this podcast onto several platforms like Apple Podcasts and, and Spotify. You know, we are going to continue to bring valuable content by interviewing interesting people around the country to inspire you to build and leave a financial legacy to God's glory. As always, if you have any comments or questions, please email Crystal and I at faithandmoneypodcast at gmail.com. Your Faith and Money is a podcast where even sometimes Crystal's dog will interject and and give us a comment. Uh, And so we love what we do and we love having you join us here. So Crystal, it's hard to believe that it's already the second month of 2023. This year is breezing by, isn't it? It absolutely is, Keith. It just seems like, you know, yesterday in January, I was doing last minute tax planning strategies for business owners. And, you know, then the the day changed, the year changed, and we start all over again. So super exciting, though. Yeah. So with the year going so quickly already, have you started Christmas shopping yet? Yes, Keith. I bought you a gas-powered turtleneck sweater, but don't worry. I actually bought dumb things as well. Awesome. <laughs> well, really, uh, thank you for that gas-powered turtleneck sweater. I, I just can't imagine what I would do without it. Um, I don't know how I've waited so long. I can't wait to get it. All right. So, you know, moving forward, here is this week's question of the day. Rebecca from Cincinnati, Ohio writes, my husband and I are in the process of buying a home. We've qualified to buy a house up to 300,000, but we are not comfortable with buying a home for more than 200,000. Our children are under five years of age and we anticipate future tuition bills to send our children to a Christian school. Our real estate agent is presenting us to buy a home for more than we are comfortable. We found a home in, in a really nice neighborhood that we really love but its asking price is 295000 Should we buy it? What should we do? Yeah, that's a hard question. I, I would never tell anybody to do anything that they're uncomfortable with. If, if you have a reason for wanting to limit how much real estate you're buying, Uh, and it seems like you have a perfectly valid reason, then I would encourage you to, you know, stick with with what you believe um, is best for your family. Uh, I would never encourage anyone to continue working with someone who's pressuring them to do something that they're unhappy with. Um, I would maybe encourage you to seek out professional advice and asking how much of house you can afford. Um, the real estate agent 
uh, is very good at helping you purchase a home and, and figure out, a, you know, where you should be buying a home and what kind of home you should be buying and how to navigate those negotiations, but they should not be pressuring you. Uh, and so what I would suggest is that perhaps you and your husband uh, reach out to a financial advisor there in Cincinnati to figure out, you know, how much house you can comfortably afford. You can go to the Kingdom Advisor website at kingdomadvisor.com and find a financial advisor in your area. Or if you have any questions, you could reach out to me and I'd be glad to work with you virtually. Um, but there are there are metrics and, and uh, ratios to that will tell you how much house you can afford or should afford. Uh, but at the end of the day, it really comes down to with what you're comfortable with. Uh, and so thank you for your question, Rebecca. So today we are joined by my new friend, William Holland. We're going to be discussing real estate as an investment. Welcome to the show, William. Hey, Keith. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to... See, there's Crystal's dogs. So hey. I told you that they like to come on the show. Uh, so you're, you're out there in Texas. Is it true that everyone in Texas is a cowboy? Yes, sir. Yeah, I, for, I was going to be wearing my cowboy hat for this episode, but I forgot to, man. I'll have to go grab it afterwards. <laughs> you got All your boots right. on, though, right? <laughs> oh, of course. I, I don't go anywhere without them. That's awesome. Welcome, William. William Holland is the founder and CEO of Bigger Picture Holdings, LLC, a real estate investment company headquartered in Dallas, Texas, that focuses on acquiring value-add multifamily properties. William previously was on Balfour Beatty's pre-construction team, helping develop budgets for upcoming large residential and commercial projects totaling over $2 billion. His first role in Balfour Beatty was managing over 20 million worth of construction planning, execution and quality control on a 26 story skyscraper. Before working with Balfour Beatty, he worked for Infinity MEP consultants as a mechanical engineer, focusing on designing and optimizing HVAC systems for large commercial construction. William is a proud member of the Texas Real Estate Commission or TREC, which is also one of the biggest real estate organizations in Texas. He is also on the Young Guns Corps committee as a co-chair for TREC and is a member of Raise Masters, the elite mastermind for capital raisers. He specializes in educating investors about the advantages of passively investing in commercial real estate through syndication. William has a Bachelor of Science in Mechanical Engineering from Texas A&M University. William enjoys playing basketball, cycling, camping, serving at church, and spending time with friends and family. The most important thing in his life is his relationship with Jesus and seeking to glorify in all that he does. William, we're really glad to have you here today and, and uh, learn more about what you're doing within the real estate. Uh, how did you get into real estate? That's a great question, Keith. So my mom is actually a realtor and a broker. So she's been doing that about 15 years now. Um, so I was always exposed to real estate at an early age. And then my parents would also buy a house. We would live in it and then we would renovate it over a few years and then flip that house and sell it and then do it again. So I've always been around real estate and I've always uh, 
known that it was a, a really good option. Right now, is your mom doing commercial or, or residential real estate? So she is a, a realtor and a broker, and she started her own real estate company, and she primarily sells uh, residential homes and also land. Okay, okay. And, and so what is your primary interest in doing real estate? So currently, I am raising capital and helping educate people on how to uh, pull their money together to purchase large commercial properties that are already built. Uh, I like to focus on multifamily apartment complexes specifically because everybody has to have a place to live and they need it to be affordable and they need it to be safe. Uh, long term, I would like to be a developer and be able to build commercial real estate as well. I mean, real estate is just such a tremendous investment. I mean, I'm not personally a real estate professional. I don't do real estate, um, but there's just so many advantages to uh, investing in real estate. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Definitely. Yeah, there's there. Like you said, there's a lot of advantages. So you can have uh, a monthly or a quarterly cash flow distribution. So typically when you borrow money from the bank, you get to have a debt service coverage ratio that pays the, the mortgage, pays the debt back and has a little bit of cash flow in excess every month. And so that's a, a great benefit as well. Um, there's also a lot of tax advantages. So with, with stocks, most people, you know, they, they want to buy a hundred dollars stock. And so they, they pay a hundred dollars for that stock um, with, with real estate. You know, typically you could buy a $200 stock and maybe only put, you know, $75 or $100 down. And so the ability to leverage debt is a way to also grow uh, your, your worth over time as well. Um, another tax advantage is through cost segregation. And you are able to study the property. And, you know, basically the IRS, from their perspective, they are saying that the property value is going to go down over time. And the reason they say that is because, you know, eventually the roof will need to be repaired. The flooring will need to be replaced. There'll be new paint that's needed on the walls, uh, both interior and exterior. And so for tax purposes, you can actually say that the value of the property is going down. And so that means that you can take a loss on your income. And so even if you got cash distributions, you know, say $5,000, you might have a loss on paper of of six thousand dollars so you won't have to pay any taxes until the sale of the property so there's there's a lot of different advantages to real estate investing that's why i've fallen in love with it yeah i mean there's just so much there that needs to be fleshed out you know some people might be wondering well i don't want to lose money um and so why would i want to have showing losses on my taxes and what i explain to those people when they ask those sorts of questions is you're not really losing the money, but it shows that it shows that way on your tax form so that you don't have to pay taxes on the income that you've generated. Uh, and so it's a return of capital, for example, but it's also, you know, you can exchange one property for another and have a lot of tax savings there, right? Definitely. Yeah. So that, what you just spoke on is a 1031 exchange. So there is, you know, and obviously I'm, I'm not a, an accountant nor a, an attorney, but there's so many different great benefits that, that you guys uh, can do uh, by utilizing those, those advantages. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, just so many tax savings, you know, to roll one property into another and an increase in basis. Um, you know, real estate is just such a, a great investment. Um, what, what is a multifamily property? Yeah, so you have a lot of different assets of real estate. You have industrial warehouses. You have uh, commercial office space. You have retail spaces where you would see, you know, Dollar Generals or, you know, clothing stores, those types of things. So then you also have the multifamily asset class. And so a multifamily property to be a commercial multifamily property, it has to have uh, basically five units and above. So anything more than five units is considered a multifamily property. So I, I would typically want to purchase a property between 150 units and 200 units. And so what that does, um, it also mitigates the risk. And I know uh, we may talk about risk a little bit more later on. Um, you know, with every investment, as you, you well know, there's always risk involved. And so you're always thinking about how to mitigate the risk. Uh, one of the bit, biggest risks about multifamily investing is uh, people moving out. You know, maybe they got a job somewhere else. Um, and so your occupancy rate, you know, want to control that. If you have a, a very st small complex, like 30 units and five people move out, that's a huge hit to your, your monthly income. And if you have a 200 unit property and five people move out, then it's it's not nearly as as much of a hit. So you you get to protect yourself a lot better that way. Right. I mean, I, I talked to so many people who have this idea that they'd love to do real estate, but the idea of, you know, someone say who's middle class buying a 150 unit apartment complex seems very um, unsustainable. They would never be able to do it. So how would you respond to someone who would be interested in getting into real estate, but doesn't think that they have enough money to do it? Exactly. Yeah. So um, like you, I'm sure do as well. So first, you know, I, I never want to push anybody to do anything that they're they're not financially able to do or, you know, comfortable with, even if they are able and capable of doing it. So I always talk to my potential investors. First, I say, hey, like, do you have a, a savings fund, an emergency fund? Um, you know, and, and the pattern that I followed, I've got a 401k and a Roth IRA. So I've got some money put away, you know, for retirement as well. That's invested in the stock market. Um, if, if those two things are, are thumbs up, then I would say, Hey, let's think about real estate. Um, for somebody that's asking that question, you know, you can go buy a single family home and you can take care of the renovations. You can take care of the property management. You can take care of the tenants, but, that is a almost a full-time job so the benefit of syndication which is what i do is allowing people to pull their money together so typically the minimum investment would be twenty-five thousand or fifty thousand, and then you get to basically have real ownership and a real property and you get to do that alongside other people and you also get to rely on people like myself who have the partnerships and expertise um, in relationship with brokers, with underwriters, with lenders. And so truly it's a way to gain passive income. I get to build a relationship with you and then I get to go do all the hard work and we both get to benefit uh, financially from that. So thank you, uh, William. What, what 
what kind of risk is someone taking in buying into a syndication? Is there, are they taking on any liability? So they are, they are not taking any legal liability. Their liability is truly just the, the risk of capital that they invest in the deal. So the general partners, there's two, two groups. There's the general partners of which somebody like me that's, that's finding the deals, that's raising capital, that's doing the underwriting, property management, uh, hiring all those people. That's the general partner. And then the investors are solely limited partners. And so those people only, you know, risk losing their initial investments. Okay. And, and you know, so, you know, Crystal wants to ask something here. Perfect. Sure. I was just kind of curious, how do you build relationships with the people you meet while doing business? Exactly. Um, so as, as we talked about um, on my YouTube handle, my, my tag is the relational real estate guy. So that's a moniker that I like to go with. You know, I, I tell people I love real estate. I love real estate because I love people. I love people because I love Jesus. And I love Jesus because he first loved me. And so everything that I do, my, my sole purpose and my, my biggest goal is to build relationships with people. So I have uh, gone to several real estate events over the last year. I've had hundreds and hundreds of phone calls with uh, people from lenders you know, who I might go try to, to borrow money from, whether they're a bank or, you know, with a uh, mutual fund or insurance company. I've also talked to potential investors. I've talked to partners. I set up Zoom calls all the time. So I've got a link where people can schedule 15-minute phone calls, introductory calls with me. Um, and I'm just out here. I hustle to, to meet people all the time. Right. Nice. Uh, how... Uh... And what markets are you are you buying these syndications? That's a great question as well. So um, I typically want to focus on on large markets where there is a a strong market of jobs and where people are moving into that area. So there's several different companies, uh, big brokerage firms that publish reports that rank different metropolitan statistical areas. So the deal that I got to be on last year was in Atlanta, Georgia. So that is a top eight MSA uh, in comparison to other areas for real estate for multifamily properties. Um, and that shows uh, rent growth potential that takes into account people moving into the area, uh, safety. Um, so and since I live in Dallas, I also want to be focusing very heavily over the coming year uh, for Dallas. As you guys know, there's a lot of jobs in this area. There's a lot of big corporations moving to the area. It's a landlord friendly state and um, it's just a great place to do business. So how do you serve the Lord um, with your real estate um, business? Yeah, so ultimately. Uh, before I ever started this, so I've I've been wanting to start start a business like this for probably about three or four years now, and the biggest thing over the last year that I've been praying about, you know, it's it's not for me to get a lot of wealth or for my investors to get a lot of wealth, though you know potentially that might happen, uh, but the biggest thing is I I have four four fundamental pillars that I want to pray for, and I pray for those almost every single day, so. Uh, number one, I want it to be fruitful for God's kingdom, you know, and I've already 
uh, seen that to be the case, you know, through the conversations that I get to have. I get to pray with other people. Um, I get to share the gospel with other people as well. Uh, number two, I want it to be fruitful for family, for friends, for investors, partners, and myself. Number three, you know, since we're purchasing places that people live in, apartment complexes, I want it to be fruitful for the residents. And I want it to be fruitful for the communities that we're investing in. And fourth, you know, whether people want to uh, invest with me, whether they want to partner with me, whether they like me or not, I don't really care about that anymore, thankfully. I want to just inspire other people to go and pursue their dreams as well. So that's uh, that's been the fruit of, of everything that I've been doing so far. So what does it mean when you say, uh, I'd like you to flesh out a little bit more, when you say, you know, fruitful place for your tenants to be, how do you do that? Definitely. So I lived in apartments for about six years of my life. Uh, praise God, I was able to purchase a home recently, and that's been a big blessing. But um, I lived in, you know, some good places. I lived in some bad places. And the biggest thing, you know, residents, as we purchase an apartment complex, we're purchasing a business. And so we want to take care of the residents. So, you know, it means uh, making sure that they have a safe place to live. Uh, making sure that there's ways for them to have community. Um, and then we also go and we we renovate the properties. So we make them nicer. Um, you know, if there's roof repairs that need to be made, um, if there's other things that need to be taken care of, we're investing money into those properties to uh, fix those things and add more value. What kind of an advisor would a, a or a, advisors would a general partnership in real estate need? What type of advisors? Yes. Um, that's a good question. So I, I try not to do anything without having mentorship. So the biggest thing is I, I always want to surround myself with people that are already doing the things that I am doing. Um, and then you always, one thing that's really good, um, and, and the banks actually require this, but you have to have a loan guarantor and so somebody that has experience, that has a high net worth, they're actually going to sign on the loan as well. And so they're, they're taking on some of that risk. And so you, you can't do this alone. And that was something uh, that we talked a little bit about earlier. You know, so you have to have dynamic teams. You know, you, you can't do this really well and do it on your own. And so, you know, you build teams that have expertise in, in all areas. And then, you know, you, your banks, like they've got people underwriting the deals as well. Um, I take my deals to people that I look up to and have them analyze them as well. And um, so there's a lot of different uh, levels of security there. So that's really interesting that you say it's important to have mentorship because Keith and I both agree. And Keith is actually one of my mentors. Um, awesome. Going back to the real estate what kind of deals or investment opportunities, if you can speak about that, are you working on at the moment? So currently, I do not have any deals that I am working on, but I have partners that have deals. Uh, hopefully, in the next few months, they will have some deals come available. Nice. Yeah, so I, I guess... Uh, one one caveat to provide. So uh, these types of deals are, are like private placement memorandums, uh, private placement investments. And so the SEC, they don't, uh, they're not actively involved in regulating them. 
like the stock market and stock exchange, but they do have guidelines. And so the way that we raise money for the deals typically is through a regulation D 506 B offering. And, you know, I'll have uh, some, some uh, materials that people could reach out about and I could definitely educate more. But uh, those types of deals require that I have a pre-existing relationship with every person that would invest with me. And so how you establish that relationship is by booking a call and talking with me and, and getting to know each other on a personal level. So I can't accept money from anybody unless we were to do that. Yeah, and, and with, with any sort of investment, as we've already alluded to several times, there is inherent risk. It's not a guarantee that you're going to get your money back or that you're going to make money off of it. Um, and, and it's just incumbent upon the individual to understand what those risks are. And one of the risks with real estate is not being able to get your money back. Uh, so how is long would the money be tied up for? Is there a specified period of time? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So typically these types of deals, uh, you purchase the deal, you invest all the money, you do capital renovations and capital expenditures to bring the property up to market value. Uh, typically you try to refinance the deal and return initial capital to investors uh, within the first three years. That's, that's always the goal for that. And then you try to usually hold on to the deal another uh, three or four years. So it's typically like a three to five year uh, business plan. And then in that time, you you want to uh, provide a, a 2x return is typically uh, the target. So in three to five years, you'd like to double people's money. And what would what might what could potentially happen that would prevent that? Uh, great question. So uh, things that could potentially prevent that from happening, um, it takes it takes longer to renovate the properties than what you foresaw. Um, that's probably one of the biggest things. And then um, I guess as well, like uh, maybe the people not people like jobs moving away from from that area or people uh, finding a better apartment complex. And so uh, ways to mitigate that is, you know, being sure that you're advertising uh, very well on social media and, you know, making sure that your, your market rates are within uh, the area, like very, very good for the area. So you're, you're constantly comparing the property to how everyone else is doing as well so that you're still competitive. I mean, I, I imagine that, you know, these are, properties that you know if they're large properties 150 more units um there's going to be a lot of cost with upkeep there's going to be a lot of cost of of maintaining the property if you want to keep it uh you know uh attractive and a place that people would want to be you know it's it's you're not gonna be um you might be able to charge a little bit higher rent because you're not you know, running a an operation with dilapidated buildings or build or properties that are, are looking unseemly. So that that's very interesting. And and so what what kind of of goals do you have, you know, with this uh syndication business, you know, in the next 10 to 20 years? Oh wow man. I I haven't even thought that far ahead. Um I would say for for year one 
So I would like to be able to raise a million dollars of capital and help uh, many families, you know, start planting the seed. So my my company name is Bigger Picture Holdings. Uh, my my logo is an acorn, and then that's sprouting into a sapling and turning into a tree. And so I would like to be able to help, you know, 40 families or more this year be able to start investing in real estate. Um, that's kind of the the short term goal. Uh, Long term, I guess I would say I just want to change the world. Um, I know that's ambiguous, but I haven't been able to think too far ahead in the business just yet. You know, I don't know where God's going to take it. Yeah, fair enough. Well, you know, if, if anyone would like to contact William, uh, I would encourage you to look him up on on uh, LinkedIn uh, under William Holland. Uh, I would encourage you to also subscribe to his YouTube channel, uh, which is Relational Real Estate Guy. Uh, and you can also go to his website, which is Bigger Pictures, big, excuse me, biggerpictureholdings.com. Uh, we really thank you for coming today, William. We want you to come back and, and uh, want to continue to uh, pray for your operation and, and, uh, and lift you up to our Heavenly Father, uh, asking for your success uh, and fulfilling your mission and bringing affordable real estate to people in, in these areas and to also bring you know, return for your investors. Uh, so this is something that is very valuable. There is a lot of value in, in what you're doing. Um, and, and you're helping a lot of people, which is, you know, fulfilling your, um, God-given role. So thank you for that, William. And, and Crystal and I want to encourage you, if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast, share it with a frenemy, a frenemy or an enemy. Uh, and, uh, we look forward to blessing you with some other really great content in the weeks moving forward. Uh, we will be discussing, uh, estate planning. We'll, we'll be discussing a Christian view of economics uh, and bringing you other really great content. If you have a question or a comment or rotten tomato for me, please go ahead and email me at and crystal at faithandmoneypodcast at gmail.com. Until then, we'll see you next time. All right. Thank you, Keith. Thank you, Crystal. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, William. Have a wonderful day. You too. Can't wait for that gas-powered turtleneck sweater. It's on its way.